You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, joined once again after a brief hiatus with the one, the only, the Bayou Benders, Corey. How are you, buddy? I'm doing a lot better now that I'm home. <laughs> uh, it has been a crazy 11 days, and um, I'm just happy that nothing, there's, there's no significant damage to my house. Blessed, in fact. Uh, because a lot of people in surrounding parishes weren't as fortunate as us. But uh, I'm sure we'll get into that in a little bit. But, dude, how are you? Uh, since I've been gone, I really haven't been able to get and keep in touch with you. You started college. You finally moved into a dorm situation. That was easily the funnest time of my life, and I'm sure you've been having fun as well. Yeah, I've been having a great time here. Uh, honestly, Uh not not obviously uh what it usually is with covid i mean yeah living in res right now is like getting in and out of res and around campus is like trying to navigate like a maximum security prison like showing my fucking id my (laughs) vaccination all this bullshit just to like go take a dump downstairs (laughs) like jesus it's brutal but um yeah, no. First week was killer. I didn't have any classes and moved up here early. And then uh, this week, wow, does a uh, does a uh, medical field really kick you in the nuts? <laughs> I've been working my ass off here, so yeah, it's been fun. Um, yeah, I'm pretty happy to uh, be up in Ottawa, uh, closer to. Uh, the bell center than ever before for me. So it's pretty exciting. Get to watch some Habs games at the uh, Canadian tire center this year, maybe the bell center. And yeah, we'll have some interesting content to go with that, but uh, you've obviously um, been through something yourself. I don't honestly can't remember the name of this hurricane, but another Ida. Louisiana Ida. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, we're glad you're okay. Uh, you were without what, wi-fi for how long we were without power for i want to say like a week yeah it's like seven and or eight days and then we finally got my computer set back up yesterday so two extra days uh it's been it's been rough uh especially where you know you're you went and moved to a new place and we were in fear of having to do the same but just not on our terms um but no, uh, where we went, we went and stayed with uh, my wife's parents up in God's country. If y'all are old fans of this podcast and remember the episode where I was coming in and out uh, because the service is bad up there because it's just all woodlands, kind of like where Mason's from. Um, it was tough. Um, I didn't really get any information and it was 
hard to deal with knowing that with the the drama we're going to talk about with the KK situation. Um, it was hard not having a stable connection to keep up with this. I wasn't getting alerts or anything. I would get on Twitter and my news feed wouldn't update. I'd get like eight hour old um, feed and nothing newer than that. So it, it was, it was a struggle and it's been, a, you know, granted for me, my struggle is a lot less of a burden than everyone else who was affected by this hurricane, uh, people of Laplace and Grand Isle. Um, my sister lives in Laplace, big fan of this podcast, but uh, she lost her house. Uh, I think it got like seven feet of water. Everything's gone. So uh, bear with us, folks. I know it's a bit late. I would have wanted to start a fundraiser um, sooner, but without having any means to make it happen, uh, it's going to be a bit late, but I want to set something up for her. Uh, last year, we did one for the entirety of the St. Charles Parish that was affected by, I want to say it was Delta or Zeta or one of these fucking gamma ray ones. Um, this year, this one hits a little bit closer to home for me. I'm watching my sister right now uh, ask for donations through like Venmo and stuff just to feed and house her and her, her girlfriend and her daughter. And uh, it's tough. It's tough as an older brother not to be able to provide for them because we haven't worked in two weeks. My wife might finally be able to get back to work next week. Um, and FEMA is just not treating this as a natural disaster like they did for Katrina. Um, my sister's just not getting enough help from the government. So I want to try to do something to help her out the best I can. I figure I have a platform and I'm not asking you people to help us i'm just asking for a share share means so much more because someone else can see it and if you're struggling financially by no means does that mean that you have to do anything i can't do i feel terrible that i can't go to her house and help her gut it because of my back right now um so i'm trying to do the best thing i can is to try to provide them a little bit more so once i get this started if you guys could please uh give this a share if you donate that's awesome of you um i might be out of my own pocket uh, Mason probably would love this too, but uh, I might start a raffle. Let's say you give like $5 for one entry. It'll be of any jersey you want from, uh, let's say like Fanatics or something, uh, NHL. That way maybe you want the new Caulfield jersey or what have you. Might set up something like that. I think I could swing it. We're going to see. But uh, it's been tough. Uh, but Louisiana and the coastal region, the Gulf Coast itself – it's pretty resilient. We uh, we pretty much fend for ourselves and depend on one another to get things done. And that's sadly shouldn't be like that, but happily that we're in times of need, we're connected like that. But that's it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, last year we raised close to $800. It was nuts, dude. And so, uh, I mean, if, if I can just help my sister get some groceries and maybe like an extra week stay somewhere, uh, then I feel like I've done my job, you know. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it'll have to be awesome if you guys could share that. Uh, we'll post social media links. Um, I'm getting back on to uh, trying to keep up with everything. I think I can even hear it myself. I sound I sound tired. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, we're doing the best we can to get everything back up and running for this upcoming season. And, uh, yeah, so you just anything, like a share on social media would be really helpful. So we appreciate it. Um, but 
now finally moving on to what we know everyone's been talking about what people want to hear us talk about what i've dreaded talking about um carolina hurricanes like well first of all actually we'll start with what a bad time for us to go on hiatus yeah um it was it was tough like i literally left that night and then I remember I'm getting these texts, I'm getting these messages on Twitter and it's like, what do you think about the KK uh, offer sheet by Carolina? And I'm like, look, it's 6.1, you know, we'll see what will happen. I don't think it's going to happen. And then I've been gone. (laughs) I've been gone and I've been just slowly watching this thing creep to an entire week. Um, I mean, first off, what are you, what are you like, what was your reaction when you see the offer sheet? You know, you're just like these guys couldn't pay, uh, you know, two of their biggest stars being um, Svechnikov and uh, and Dougie Hamilton. And they finally pay Svechnikov. They get rid of their like amazing netminder to to uh, Seattle. And I'm like, so the, they barely have any money from what I'm thinking, because I believe Svechnikov's got like an eight million dollar deal. Uh, it's so seven. they just bank the seven. Well, they bank like the last bit of their money for a one year deal with him. I mean, it's not the worst, but it's, I can't imagine that it's going to work out for them if they need, like, they're not going to be able to do anything come trade deadline. Here's what I think. I don't, my initial reaction was pretty, honestly, like, it wasn't that I don't care. I just didn't care about hockey at the time. <clears throat> it was like my first day moving in. Yeah. I didn't give a shit. I was like, I don't want to think about hockey. I I have stuff to do. Like, I'm moving in. So, my, I don't really have an, an initial reaction. I already kind of had time to process it when I revisited it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know what was going to happen. I think Carolina did a pretty good job of screwing over Montreal. And I kind of just didn't think – I thought KK was gone, to be honest. I thought um, – I just think Carolina did a good job of fucking over both teams. Because, like you said, I couldn't get over them not paying Nedeljokovic. Yeah, who's amazing fantasy-wise. Who's, yeah, going to be a <laughs> phenomenal goalie. He's rookie season this past season. Like, he's going to be insane. And it was pennies he wanted. He wanted pennies. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't pay Dougie Hamilton. Which was a big no-no. I mean. Do what you want, but don't contradict your moves by doing that. And my problem with it is, is that it's a one-year deal. And if you, if they had signed KK to that long-term, Montreal signs it. I really do believe they sign it. Mm-hmm. I think when you sign the one-year deal, KK gets paid 6.7 next year. If you offer him a qualifying offer, right? right? Otherwise, he goes to free agency. So I have no problem with KK signing that deal. I think you're an idiot if you don't sign that deal. I'm sure he's probably a little bit. I've seen stuff like, oh, he got benched in the playoffs. I'm sure that played a part in it. I'm sure he was upset about his development the same way I think a lot of Habs fans and us personally on this podcast have been upset with his development and how it's been handled. But I think at the end of the day, you have to look at that deal and look at what he's done in this league. 
every single player is going to sign that deal with his resume. That's a no brainer. Right? Like, and then he might get early UFA status. If not, he's getting 6.7 next year. KK is the only winner in this. And <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. And I think, uh, yeah, I think I thought he was going to put up a lot of points in Carolina. I'm hearing they're going to have him play on the wing. He might put up points. <laughs> I think he's going to put up points in Carolina. You have to understand, like, any Kings fans that have strayed here somehow doubt there's a singular one. But KK is not a winger. He's never been accused of being a winger. He's never – like, he's not a winger. He's centerman. He's not fast enough to be a winger. And he, yeah, I don't think that's the best position for him to succeed. I think he'll put up points there, though. If he gets power play time and he gets third line minutes and some better teammates, because he will have better teammates, he's going to put up points. And I think it's going to look really good for Carolina. But if they're playing him on the wing, I don't think he's going to develop. And I think it's going to turn into a shit show. Right. So, I guess I, I just think um, I heard that Carolina was trying to trade for KK. I'm not sure the validity of that. Montreal has played it perfectly. They haven't commented because, you know, that's what Tom Dundon wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it looks bad on the Carolina organization. And I think the NHL should look at this move and they should be concerned because you're not going to see offer sheets anymore. Right. Because teams are going to be scared of this vendetta, this payback. And it's like, oh, yeah, because exciting. Because uh, I believe that he did make a statement that this was not anything to do with like the pettiness of the oh, Sebastian Ajo, but like it 100% is. Like the, and saying it's for marketing, the 20, the $20 <laughs> signing bonus, like it's say what you want. The man paying your fucking salary. He's the one that, you know, he has to okay this deal, right? Especially the way I've heard things are run at Carolina. He's not willing to pay guys. So you're telling me you walk into that office and you say, I want to pay Yasperi Kakaniemi $6.1 million. Tom Dundon had to okay that move. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens but like it sounds like something stupid like out of like wolf of wall street like just to fuck somebody over and they're like just do it they won't they won't you know there's no way in hell that they'll let him slide and i mean mark bergevin in the i wouldn't say the hole that he's in but i mean if they do not you know extend him what stops mark bergevin giving mark bergevin? a fire deal Next I year. think Mark Bershon's going to lose his job. He might. Well, we might as well just... I think this is the nail in the coffin. <laughs> well, we might as well just bring it up mid-KK mid story. But um, he apparently has a, a three-year extension. Um, I've only seen it on Twitter. It's not... I haven't seen it confirmed on, on anything else. Other, but also, bear with me. I haven't fucking had uh, secure internet access to to really delve into this, but I did see some of these high end uh, Canadians people on Twitter that normally are right. uh, Mentioned that he had the three year extension. 
Uh, it doesn't look that great after losing your third overall pick. Just your second third overall pick. Yeah, very true. <clears throat> and I've seen that stuff too. Granted, I also haven't really been on social media. I've been too busy. Um, I, I did catch up on the memes though for it, and some of these are just gold. And like, despite being upset that I lo- like that we lost Kakeniemi because I loved him, it, though he's very talented. Uh, poor, poor judgment on our development part of that, but he was growing into his own. Uh, but my favorite one is uh, it's I think that I think the guy put like when uh, when Montreal like declines the offer sheet and it's. It's uh, your boy from Breaking Bad just, like, having a fucking mental breakdown. Like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I just think that if Jeff Molson doesn't seriously look at firing Bergevin after this, there's some problems, and they're higher up than general management because Bergevin's run – to the cup. I like some of this, the moves he's made. I know I'm a bigger Bergevin fan than most people. The development of high-end prospects in this organization and giving up on them in, prematurely is just abysmal. And it looked like we were kind of turning a corner in that regard. But KK's development after that first season has been handled horribly. And the emergence of Nick Suzuki was definitely a part of that, but KK never had stable line mates. He never got, you know, the minutes he needed to succeed. And he was rushed into the NHL. Like truly his best two years with Montreal was the last two years. And it was because they finally built a team around him and I think his rookie season was his best year personally. Well, I mean, I mean, as far as like having like the tools around him to finally like have a solid team for like his development to go even further and we're just done with him. So like everyone's criticism of him is truly based on a team that really wasn't good at all. I remember when I first started coming on with you when I was just a guest and I was just like, God, if we can just take every team to the fucking uh, – to overtime, you know, we, we might squeak or, you know, we, we, we might get some consistency going. And, uh, you know, we finally get a great team around them. And I'm just I'm just depressed that we don't get to see – I don't get to see him play. I don't know. Not with this team that – I'm not going to say they built it for him, but he was going to be a key asset. And oh, apparently I was, was fucking built. wrong. This team was built with the idea that KK would be here. Definitely. He was, and that's what's, that's what's most upsetting is because I think we were going to finally see KK break out. I think he was going to go into that two C spot. He was going to break out. I think he might take, I think he either gets a bunch of points in Carolina feeding off some very, very good line mates, or he takes a back, a step back. I I don't think there's any plateauing here. I think it's one or the other. And my point being, though, Galchenyuk, you know, say what you want. There was the father issues with his father. There were, you know, historically poor draft class. You know, I think a lot of it was coaching as well. You can, t- you can say, you know what, 
that's a really bad draft class. We'll move on. Okay. And 2018 is not looking the strongest either, but with KK, like it's that early on and you lost him because you just fumbled the bag. You just had to re-sign him. You had all year and then some of the off season and you didn't get a deal done. Yeah, it's and that's that's it's you left yourself open, <laughs> right? Like it's you gross. left yourself open to a hostile attack, and Carolina was hostile, and they had the cap space, and they fucking they attacked you, they caught you with your pants down. Now, if you you know say what you want about Mark Bergeron making the best out of a bad situation, he put himself there. So I think Bergeron's been it with Montreal, this organization for twelve years. Any bad situation this organization's in, Bergevin's put us there. As much as any good situation is also him as well, except for the drafting of Carey Price. And I think that still to this day masks a lot of his mistakes. So honestly, I'm kind of, I think it's time for the Berge plan that I've been preaching. And I, I think... I had a lot of faith in, and I don't think I say this if KK is still with the organization, but I don't have faith in it anymore. And it's because my, and I think we shared a common faith in Bergevin and this is his second chance. He's growing the young guys. They're going to be great. They're going to grow up together in four years. We're going to have a cup contender. Well, I'm sorry, Christian Dvorak's not my second line cup contending center. center. Mm-hmm. At least not what I've seen. And we'll get into that, but I guess I'll lead into that by saying if you told me before this offer sheet that Montreal was trading KK for Christian Dvorak one-on-one, I would have told you you were a nutcase. Smoking rocks. (laughs) Yeah, and Mark Bergevin (laughs) just traded KK for Christian Dvorak plus some because he got a third not a second he gave coyotes a second and if none of our picks are in the top 10 if we pick 11 and 12 the coyotes get the 11th pick so they get the best pick provided it's not in the top 10 so we way overpaid for christian dvorak and basically gave up kk plus some for him i just He's turned what I thought was a good offseason into a, a horrendous one, a disaster for me personally. Yeah. Um, what I what I hate is like, yeah, I don't I don't like the situation that happened, but it's not Dvorak's fault. And he's no, gonna no, come no. to this team and I swear he's gonna be under the fucking all seeing eye. Any minor mistake that happens every fucking game with every type of player. Uh, is going to be so microscope analyzed to the T, and I don't, I don't see him lasting that long on this team unless he's just phenomenal, because people are going to treat him like, like a scapegoat, like they're just going to be. He's the new punching bag because of this shitty situation, and I don't think that's fair. I think he's a great player, like you said. I don't see him being the 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 winning piece of defining uh, a a true, really comfortable second line for this team. But he's not a bad player. I think he's well rounded, but he's just gonna a good player. He's gonna get fucked over by fans, <clears> and <throat> it's not his fault. No, totally. I think Dvorak's a good player. Um 
you know, really took a step forward last seat, like uh, the pr season prior to last with 18 goals, uh, finished the season with 38 points, kept it going this year, 17 goals, 14 assists, 31 points. Um, he's a decent two-way player, left-handed like KK, so that's nice. Um, he's only 25 years old. He's coming into his prime. And, you know, sorry, Corey and Richie, but the Coyotes suck. He, he did why, it there too. Why must you? <laughs> they, they weren't a good hockey team last year. Oh man. On ice, look, that's not an organizational. I love what the Coyotes are doing right now, acquiring draft picks. They just fleeced Montreal. The organization's gonna be good. They're gonna get some tie-in talent. It was time to move on from Dvorak. I think that moves great for them. But I think Dvorak is gonna be playing with better players in Montreal. So I think we could see some growth out of him. Maybe he gets, you know, 30 goals, potentially 25. That'd be nice to see around uh, 25s kind of where I envision would I'd be happy with 30s being hopeful. Um, you know, I don't know 31 points in 56 games. What's that on pace for like 50, 50 something points, 52. Give or take. Something like that. So you know, that's decent. If we can get that, I'll be happy. Um, but let's be honest here. KK's ceiling, ceiling is a lot higher. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he's a lot younger. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's upsetting, to say the least. What is Dvorak, 25? He's 25. Yeah. Uh, he's four years KK senior. I mean, truthfully, as fans, we just got to accept as, as to what happened, try to – put it past us and i mean except like yeah overpayment for dvorak but in return at least we have a bit of stability after losing two of our big centers well two of our centers now um it's a kick in the fucking nuts but let's you know all we can do is let's see you know we have nothing to do with management we can't do anything other than support this team or bitch about it and after last season, I'm not ready to fucking give up on this team. I don't think you are. Uh, I just think that after having such a phenomenal offseason the, the previous year and this one being so dull and uh, I don't know, it just kind of, you know, it kind of feels like, oh, man, we had one moment to shine and then we're going back into the, you know, the 10 plus years that we have of just average bullshit. But um before we get on to the – well, do you have anything else to say about Dvorak? Uh, I mean, you pretty much listed them out. Uh, I truthfully would like to try to get on uh, our friends Corey and Richie uh, for next week's episode, give me a little more taste of Dvorak, maybe uh, – shit, maybe even go into what's going on in Arizona. You know, uh, I think two episodes ago, which is – it should be like three or four, uh, we had talked about, you know, them um, – what is it? Arizona's um, stadium – dilemma that was going on maybe get a little insight into that but i always love talking to them i'd love to get their opinion on four racks and see if you know they were able to follow him a lot longer than us maybe give us some key little things to look out for with his play or maybe you know things that could be detrimental to his play but uh before we get into that folks we do have an ad read today uh we used to do them in the beginnings they want us to do them in the middle that's not a fucking problem uh the only problem is that it's, it's a little tough for the fucking ad in there. So I'm just going to one-shot it right here. 
uh, in hopes that I don't fuck it up because I don't want to do this again. So uh, anyway, folks, this episode has been brought to you by DraftKings, uh, the greatest sports book fucking in all the land, might as well be. But uh, here we go. Uh, week one may be over, but the season's just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off week two, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week two game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long for the daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 and free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game that's promote that's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be old, must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, a $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. God, that is probably the best I've done as far as trying to knock one out ever because I normally take like five or six takes on. So let's see. Let's see. Um, well, thank you all, DraftKings. They get they put money in our pockets. Uh, so I will always read. Uh, I will always redo ad reads to make sure it sounds as good as I can make it. Put but money, put money in our listeners' pockets too. Very true. Uh, yeah, helped us helped us make that uh, delicious Daddy Dino uh, t shirt last year, which is uh, still phenomenal. Uh, might put that on sale <laughs> since he's not here, but I still think it's a dope fucking uh, I think it's a dope graphic. Shout out to Nate Thomas for making that for us. But uh, so, you know, with going on with the with the KK stuff, um, do you think now, granted, this happened before the entire week ended for the KK uh, deal, but you see Ryan Palin gets his two year contract extension. Uh, do you think that maybe they were looking at it ahead of time. You know, obviously they're not going to give us the answer to we're not signing KK before the seven days or whatever. Do you think that they just financially understood and talked about it as a team and was just like, look, this isn't going to happen. Let's sign. Let's extend paling a little bit further. Finally give him his chance. I don't know. I think uh, Ryan Paling really impressed Montreal with his play in the AHL last year, um, especially, you know, given they, they told him he needed to work harder. Uh, he took that seriously, took it to heart. Um, and before his injury last year, he was dominant in the AHL. So I think they liked that um, he clearly listened to them, uh, listened to their input and, uh, you know, came back and just performed the way he did. Uh, so I think, you know, really, I don't think it was much of a discussion. I think he earned it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think he's going to be fighting for a spot right out of camp. Uh, if he's not on the team right away, he'll be there in a few weeks. 
Like, I, I think Ryan Paling is ready for the NHL. Um, I think Montreal is expecting him, especially now with the loss of KK, to be ready for the NHL. And I think now it's just about waiting, waiting and seeing what uh, his hard work to see if it could pay off, really. Yeah, so last year uh, with the Rockets, he had 25 points in 28 games. The Rockets were just absolutely phenomenal last year. And him being one of those core members that really elevated the team, I like what you said that, you know, you feel he earned it. Um, I'm looking at the line, you know, the line combinations right now. Shout out Daily Faceoff for always doing this shit. Uh, looks a bit wonky. Um, it's obviously not fully updated yet, but – what I like about Ryan Paling is what we've talked about in the past um, is that he's super versatile. Like I remember we talked and you said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him at center because we just have a, we just have better pieces at center right now. We can put him on a wing and that really, you know, after a while, it, it does totally make sense. Like if you look at this team, there's always going to be injuries sad, you know, that's just hockey. But it's so important for Ryan Paling, and what I like about him is that any player that gets injured, he can slot into that role, whether or not you know they, you think he earned, he deserves it or not. He could play left wing, center, or right wing. So you know, in time of need, we have a player that proved himself last year. He he's already had a stint in the NHL, um, and can really maybe find landing. You know, just like Jake Evans did. Um, but I just love that he can he can be slotted anywhere. You know, you're not just like God. If if you know, let's God forbid Jake Evans gets concussed again this year. You know, he can only fit center. You know, like Brendan Gallagher can, can hurt. You know, can mess his, his hand up again, and he could easily slot in as right wing as he could on the left or or, or center. I just I like how gummy this kid is. You can put him anywhere, and he should be able to, you know, he might not be the best talent out there, but he'll definitely not be the worst. Yeah, I think uh, I think he's going to do well. I'm not sure he's a fourth-line guy, though, which is my problem. So I think Evans has securely kind of won the third-line center role. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think – Paling is a fourth line player. I think he's got too much skill. So I don't know. Part of me still thinks we could see Ryan Paling on the wing. Um, I see what you're saying too about daily faceoff having the wonky lines. There's no way in hell Tyler Toffoli is going to be on the third line. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Jonathan Druin returning is definitely also an interesting factor that we'd have to talk about um i see him playing with suzuki and caulfield and him and hoffman switching out that's how i see it going down right um i'll be honest when i look at this team and see christian dvorak in the 2c it's kind of makes my stomach churn a little bit and i hope he can uh prove me wrong but like yeah the, the confidence that KK, you just, I think I'd feel so much more confident with KK there. And part of it is I don't know Christian Dvorak that well. Mm-hmm. I remember when he was in junior, he scored a shit ton of points, but he played for London. And it takes a good player to play <laughs> with good players, but he played with like Matt Kachuk, Max Don't like 
we'll see. It, it's definitely interesting. I hope I'm proven. I'm not going to say I'm wrong because I'm, I'm just, I don't know enough about Christian Dvorak to really make an educated opinion, I guess. But I think definitely Ryan Paling, I can see him playing on the wing because Matthew Perot in the middle, Cedric Paquette as well can play that fourth line role. I just don't, yeah, I don't think uh, Paling's a fourth line guy. Yeah, I don't think so either, but um, I think it's his time. I think if he gets an opportunity, uh, even if the team's in a slump, uh, he just has a way about uh, just his energy. I think I think that he can well, – even, even if the team's in a slump, he can stand out, you know. I just don't think fourth line is an opportunity. I, I understand when you – If you that makes what? sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes minutes. sense. I yeah, think you're third just eating line, Third line – the way Montreal's fourth line plays, you can definitely get points. Arturi Lekin and Joel Armia, that's why they're great because – they're defensive anyway, but they've got the talent and the skill, especially Armia, to where you put him against fourth line players, he eats them alive, mm-hmm. and you can provide offense. Paling does his mindsets. He's playing first line center on the best team in the AHL last year. Yeah. You know, he's not he's not thinking. He is kind of a two way guy, but he's not thinking eat minutes, kill time. He's thinking score. Right or pass he's not he's it's just i don't think it works i think you put people in a position where they can succeed jake evans do the opposite succeeded. of kk yeah jake evans succeeded in that fourth line role at the start of last season because he is a defensive player mm-hmm. paling is not jake evans and i think people need to understand that that's why i think he'll be a, i think he'll be a good winger but um unless you have anything else you want to talk about <laughs> No, we can uh, – I know your time is so much shorter than it used to be, and that is respectable because I want your education to be super important to you, unlike what I did with mine. <laughs> but, uh, no, man, we can end it there. Uh, I'd love to get on Corey and Richie if I can uh, to get a little bit more insight into Dvorak. But, no, man, I think for um, as groggy as we feel and I still feel – after hurricanes, like I, I told you last night in our chats, you know, it, it takes like a good month after like a devastating hurricane like this for things to truly feel back to normal. So it's like you're dealing with a lot. I'm dealing with a lot. But I think this was a very successful episode uh, to finally come back to. I think we we touched on some great points and uh, we'll bring up Dvorak again next episode. And um, once this once maybe our roster gets makes a little bit more sense. uh and we can actually see like a true line combination, we can bring back the Ryan Paling question and, and see where we could see him slotting better, you know. But, um, no, I think I'm done. Man, I hope you have a great day. And why don't you just take us out? All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for um, <clears throat> taking the time to uh, listen today after our you know, two week kind of break. And thank you for understanding. Obviously, the first week was out of our control. And this second week that just passed, I was just overwhelmed with (laughs) a new home, new experiences, new people, about 20 hours of homework a week, just (laughs) thrown in my lap. So, you know, it's going to be difficult. I can't promise I'm going to be here every week or twice a week 
going into this season. We'll see how it plays out. But, you know, like Corey said, obviously education is important to me. I built this podcast um, first by myself and for the better part of a year and a half now with Corey. So it's not something I want to, I'm willing to step away from. I'm going to be here, going to be actively part of it, but things might be looking a little differently um, as we get into the season. So just with that out of the way, thank you guys for listening today. Look forward to seeing you guys next week. Habs nightly. I stopped by. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.